It's time for Atomic Monsoon with your hosts, Psycho Andy. And the internet went, ah, Josh. That opens up a lot of possibilities in the future. (laughs) Just got me excited here. And Jedi Stephanie. They get like a staff and they try to bring him back with it and they only bring back his lower half. And now it's Atomic Monsoon. You know, Andy, I've always considered going back to Jakku. You know, I think I've left something behind there after my last visit. You know, I have to go back there because I'm waiting for some people that may or may not ever show up. And you know what? It's probably best just to never go back to Jakku. (laughs) You know, yeah, that's probably true. It just seems like a giant desert planet. (laughs) There's no green. There's no no green. And just, just people that give you not enough portions, whatever that is. Uh, That's how much food. Is it food? Okay. It's food. Yeah. People who don't exchange food for garbage very well. Although, really, yeah, let's not go to back, back to Jakku. Nah. Finn was right. <laughs> <laughs> you never need to go back to Jakku. Well, hey, guys. Welcome to Atomic Monsoon, not Jakku. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Atomic Jakku would be a terrible show. Terrible. <laughs> That's actually that's actually how they describe the Battle of Jakku in the in the Battlefront Two video game. They described it as the Atomic Jakku. <laughs> Atomic Jakku. <laughs> might they just didn't be say the that. episode title now. Uh, Excellent. <laughs> hey, so in case you can't tell from all of our stupid jokes about Jakku, we want to thank our friends at Def M Records for doing our intro. <laughs> <laughs> Come right out uh, of left field with that. <laughs> that that moment where you realize you have to you have to thank your your friends for giving you music in the middle of your segue into what we're talking about. <laughs> yeah, no, I had this I had this thought. Uh, you know, the Star Wars prequel series is over. Or Indeed. I'm sorry. Yeah, obviously. That's been over for for almost 20 years. The Star Wars sequel series is over. God, don't um, tell me so that. <laughs> episode 7, 8, and 9. Um <laughs> God, don't tell me it's already almost been 20 years for most of those films. Ah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, breaking no, uh, down. <laughs> Phantom Menace is 1999, man. That that you know we almost didn't get the rest of them because of Y2K. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so so I thought you know well okay they they've all been out. The episode nine came out last, last holiday year. season. Yeah, and so they're all on Disney Plus now. And I, I thought you know I have some thoughts and opinions on the movies, but mm-hmm. I only saw each of them once. I saw I saw episode seven twice in theaters, but I only saw eight and nine each one time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought, you know, I, I should probably rewatch those. But if I'm going to rewatch them, I mean, Stephanie likes Star Wars. She probably wants to talk about that a lot. Uh, Always. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I thought, you know, hey, let's let's both rewatch them and, and uh, you know, talk about them for about an hour and, and record our thoughts. So here we are. Um, we are going to spoil the hell out of these movies. So if you have not seen Star Wars Episode 7, The Force Awakens, Star Wars Episode 8, The Last Jedi, or Star Wars Episode 9, The Rise of Skywalker... Uh, and you care about not having plot details or uh, uh, twists or anything spoiled for you, stop listening now. Go subscribe to Disney+. Plus. Um, it's it's three movies. I did them one a day for three days. It wasn't, it wasn't that hard. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, they're, they're a little over two hours each. They're, they're all in that, like, 130 to 145 minute range. So mm-hmm. less than two and a half hours. Um, yeah, go watch them. Uh, uh, and if you don't have a good internet service, I don't know, go brave the elements and um, go to Walmart or Target or somewhere 
any any of your local video retailers because it's Star Wars. You're not. It's not going to be hard to find these. Yep. So, <laughs> um, yeah. Anyways, uh, we're going to spoil a lot of stuff. So we're just going to assume everyone listening has seen these or doesn't care about spoilers. Yep. Yeah. Uh, there, there is your warning. There's your warning right there. <laughs> there it is. All so. right. So um, I didn't do any research other than watching these movies. Uh, <laughs> and I mean, I of, watched I watched the movies of... and then I watched Resistance as well. But that's just because oh. I'm a big nerd. <laughs> right, right. And Resistance is, that's the, the CGI cartoon that looks like Voltron uh, that we talked about on an early episode of Atomic Monsoon, right? Yes, and that's yeah. the series that takes place um, just before and during the sequel series. Okay, okay. Okay, cool, cool. Um, I have not watched any of that because I didn't realize that that's when it took place. Yep. So, <laughs> Understandable. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so I guess we should start at the beginning, and the beginning is part seven. Yes, um, The Force Awakens. The Force Awakens. So Force Awakens came out in, what, 2015? 15. Jeez. That was, yeah. That, that's a long time ago already. It's already been five <laughs> years, dude. It's crazy. <laughs> Man. Okay. Um. And that was the first movie in like ten years, right? I, yes. I mean, I guess I guess there was the Clone Wars, like, you know, four episodes mashed together into a movie. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, the first yeah. one, episode three. Yeah, episode three came out in May, I think May twenty first, twenty fifth, one of those days, uh, somewhere in that week of May in two thousand and five. Okay. Three years later was the Clone Wars movie, followed by its series. Rebels was already out, but hadn't gotten to their third or fourth season yet. And so, yeah, this was the first full-length feature live-action film in 10 years. Okay. Okay. Uh, and, and I mean, for the most part, this is a, a new... It's mm-hmm. a new era in Star Wars, right? Some, yeah. A bunch of characters do return throughout mm-hmm. the, these sequels series. Yes. Um, but... It it is you know the next generation of Star Wars characters, which you know yeah. that's that's cool. Yeah, it's been thirty years since the events of Return of the Jedi, mm-hmm. and um, just to kind of give long story short, the Empire's gone, the mm-hmm. New Republic has been built, and there were some people who believe that the New Republic is flawed and wrong, and secretly started building what is known as the First Order, which the New Republic thought was nothing more than just a group of you know. They didn't think nothing much of them. They thought they weren't much of a threat. <laughs> and the events of Episode Seven happened. Yeah, and everyone learned that the First Order is actually not good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> it turns out. Um, so, yeah. But there's the so, Resistance who's been against the First Order from the beginning. They just the New Republic won't listen. <laughs> right. Right. So, um, so man, yeah. Uh, so the movie, where, where does it even open? I, you know, I didn't. <laughs> So the movie does it the open movie, with the the scene on the in the village? Yes, it it starts with uh, we get obviously the usual Star Wars space shot with spaceships, right. um, but after that we it starts on a small village on the planet of Jakku with this older gentleman. Why am I forgetting his name? Um, but he's talking with Poe Dameron about right. uh, the map that leads to Luke Skywalker. And then BB-8 right. runs in like, oh, the First Order's here. <laughs> <laughs> Except in a little bit more bleepy bloopy way. Yes. She's a robot. She's um, an adorable little robot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then 
and then the First Order appears mm-hmm. uh, in the form of Kylo Ren and some new First Order stormtroopers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and a battle ensues with a bunch of lasers and blasters being shot all over the place. Mm-hmm. And one of the clone troopers gets shot and goes to reach for one of his uh, uh, stormtrooper buddies. Did I say clone trooper? You did say clone trooper. There <laughs> is a difference. <laughs> there is a difference. And I know that. You know what it is, is, is uh, we're recording this on September 25th. And um, Hasbro is having their PulseCon right now. So it's mm. it's all of uh, what they would have been announcing in the panels they would have had at San Diego Comic-Con. And I just finished watching all the Star Wars stuff. And so they were talking about clone troopers and snow troopers and storm troopers and all of the different troopers and all the mm-hmm. new toys that are coming out uh, in the Sweet. next 12 months. Um, including some ridiculous looking holiday themed ones that'll be coming out. Uh, <laughs> it's like there's like five figures, but each one's coming out to a different retailer. Interesting. Um, in time for Christmas. So, yeah. Uh, mm. So I I may... <laughs> I know that they're all stormtroopers. I may misspeak. I apologize. Anyway, Very so one fair. of the stormtroopers goes to reach for his clone trooper buddy's helmet and uh, leaves a big bloody mark on his face so that we know which one this is. Mm-hmm. Um, and this one is having obvious second thoughts about massacring yeah. innocent people. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, the thing with that is that the First Order... We learn this later with Phasma, who's the mm-hmm. beautiful, shiny stormtrooper. Dude, um, so cool looking. <laughs> I love her armor so much. Um, but uh, we learn with her later that uh, we actually just learn it in general throughout all of these three movies that mm-hmm. the stormtroopers were taken from their homes as children and they were conditioned to be these mindless slaves to the First Order. Right. And that this was the, and that Finn or FN2187. This is his first like moment of just like suddenly breaking the mold and coming out of that reconditioned mindset and going, what the hell are we doing here? This is wrong. <laughs> well, and I, I could so. be wrong, but I feel like he, it's it's like his first mission, too. Like, it's, yeah, it's he, all been training up until yeah. now. He went from working in the uh, and I think the maintenance, no, the, the maintenance or cleaning crew. I can't remember what he tells he was, Han later. Was, yeah, he was either janitor or sanitation or, or something. Sanitation but, crew. That's yeah. what it was. Yeah. But he went from being sanitation crew to suddenly being on the front lines. And it's just like, that's a big jump. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. Um, I, you know, we don't need to recap the entire events of the movie. But yeah. yeah mm-hmm. So so we go from there. And then he's, you know, clearly having second doubts. And Captain Phasma comes up and is like, what are you doing? And um, then we cut over to, to another part of Jakku where, um, you know, this this teenage young lady, adult. I don't know. She's like 19. Uh, yeah. Okay is you know stealing parts and trying to sell them or or scavenging parts from spaceships and trying to Mm -hmm. sell them for food and um uh it's ray and she runs into bb8 who who um poe had given basically like a flash drive right with the the map to luke skywalker um so she's like okay well we need to you know save stay here and blah 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 uh meanwhile uh fn127 fn yeah one two fn one eight seven there you go. <laughs> I know it. I know it's 2187. <laughs> Saying them out, you know, it's it's four numbers. Yeah. Uh, anyways, yeah, this rebellious stormtrooper um, meets Poe Dameron uh, and, and they break each other out of there and then they try and escape in a TIE fighter, right? Um, or no, it's not a TIE fighter, is it? Yeah, no, it's, it's a TIE fighter. They, they try to okay. escape in a TIE fighter. Uh, it's the First Order era TIE fighter. That okay, right? Because everything got redesigned because it's thirty years later. And why would you be still be using the same 
mm-hmm. vehicles after 30 years. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, it, it got redesigned where you can actually have a second person in there with you while you, one person flies, the other person shoots. Mm-hmm. That was not mm-hmm. the case in the original TIE Fighters. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. I just figure, you know, new models of cars come out every year. Why wouldn't yeah. there be new models of spaceship that, spaceships after 30, right? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, so, so they escape and then crash on Jakku. Um, and then Poe's gone. Poe's just dead. The end. Game over. We'll never see you again. That's it. And uh, uh, while they're flying, uh, Poe renames FN2187. He's just like, oh, I'm just going to call you Finn. And he's like, all right, well, that's that's his name from now on. Yep. Um, this is FN, Finn. Great. Yep. Sure. <laughs> that works. Um, so Finn takes his jacket and then and then he ends up in the same village with Ray and BB-8. And BB-8's like, that's that's my friend's coat. You stole my friend's coat. Mm-hmm. And uh, the adventures begin. And it's 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 Ray and Finn against the First Order. Pretty much it's a basically. race to get BB-8 to the Ilenium system. Um, and I... I <laughs> And I, th- and I think there's some moments here that we that I just want to point out real quick that we've just kind of glossed over that sure. are just fantastic and just that makes this movie so good. Um, one moment is when Poe shoots at Kylo Ren and Kylo Ren just stops everything. Um, oh, yeah. Just proving how crazy powerful the force can be and yeah. that it that just it kind of leaves Poe shook. Um, also, the the fact that Unkar Plot, who's the one quarter portion guy uh, mm-hmm. who says that to Ray that is actually uh, that is Simon Pegg oh is it okay. okay yes so he is officially been in a Star Trek movie and a Star Wars movie ha good for him mm-hmm. um, and then the part where they're running away from the first order on Jakku and you know they point out the fact that they're going to take the quad jumper and that the other ship is garbage and then the garbage will do and it's the Falcon right the Millennium <laughs> the- Falcon you get yeah. the beautiful Falcon theme in the background. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, but um, just wanted to point those out real quick because they're just fantastic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Right. So they get on the name Falcon, and then, so this is this is one of those things. Um, mm-hmm. and and Star Wars is certainly very guilty of it, but it's not just Star Wars. It's any it's any large franchise thing, right? Mm-hmm. So they get on the Millennium Falcon and they go and take off, right? And. Mm-hmm immediately like immediately they run into han solo and chewbacca like what are the chances that of all of the places in the galaxy mm-hmm. that that they could have been what are the chances that finn and ray would jump you know they would just run right into into han and chewie like that's yeah that is just a very there's a lot of strange coincidences for the convenience of plot yeah um and it's fine like it's fine it's not a big deal um but it is just kind of like a man (laughs) (laughs) what are the odds like what are the odds that you know you're running away from from a shooting outside your house and you jump in a car that happens to have the keys in it and you drive away and the first thing the first person you run into is the guy that used to own that car 30 years ago yeah like (laughs) um, yeah yeah, yeah, no, it's 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 a crazy coincidence, and I know that was a, I know they were trying to find a way to bring Han and Chewie into it, sure. and honestly, I don't I know it's a I know it's a strange coincidence. I know the odds are completely just out there. Yeah, but I will take this as it is and just say the re, the pure reaction of the theater. Oh yeah, as they run up the ramp and say Chewie, we're home. Yeah, 
like there were tears and eyes there was wooting and cheering it was just like it, it, it was just beautiful nostalgic perfect uh amazing moment and, but like i'm not i'm not saying that it's bad oh yeah right? no. <laughs> it's just like there are some things in in large like marvel does it too mm-hmm. right um dc does it in in the comics and stuff like mm-hmm. this isn't this isn't exclusive to star wars at all it is yeah. just a there are a lot of weird coincidences where like yeah. suddenly this person's re- like everything becomes kind of incestuous, right? Everyone's related to each other. Everything, you know, happens to be like, well, it doesn't matter how far apart we are. We always keep running into the same people. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, go on vacation. What are the chances you're going to run into someone, you know? Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) Seriously though. Yeah. It can't save by the bell, right? Save by the bell, uh, the Hawaiian vacation episode where they, they spend a summer. It's it's like a five episode part uh, series where the kids all go to Kelly's grandfather's hotel in Hawaii uh, and when they land, the exact same time that they land, Mr. Belding, their principal, ha- is running a, a tour, like he's a, he's a tour guide uh, on the Hawaiian Islands. Why yeah. is he there? Because it's in his contract to be in every episode. Yes. <laughs> right? Like, yeah. there's no reason for Belding to be in that, sh- in, in that series of episodes mm-hmm. whatsoever, except, well... Dennis Haskins has to be in every episode, right? Yeah. So, yeah, what are the chances that they run into Han and Chewie? Well, pretty good, because they're in a Star Wars movie. Exactly, and at the same time, I mean, (laughs) according to what Han and Chewie were saying, that they just came back from collecting Rathtars and were on their way to deliver it to some king and just happened to run across the Millennium Falcon. Right. In a ship that looks like it, apparently, according to Finn, belongs to the First Order, so it's like... Yeah, yeah. There's just a lot of... It's, it's it's even though it is a big coincidence moment it's such a great coincidence moment <laughs> it, yeah and it's fine so, yeah um so but so yeah so they 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 go running all over the place and some gangsters show up to get money from han and blah 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 um oh that's the conja club <laughs> <laughs> sorry just great line um yeah man uh yeah, I'm blanking. I, I watched these three movies in the span mm-hmm. of the last three days. So you're fine. I got it from here. <laughs> a little bit of a so, ju- little bit of a jumbles, but yeah. So, uh, so yeah. So they board the ship with Han and Chewie. Uh, the Guavian Death Gain, the Conjure Club guys show up. Rathtars get loose. They run away on the Falcon, and they head to Takodana, where Maz Kanata is located. Yes, I I have all these details listed. Yeah. Um, and they meet Maz and talk to her about the droid and Leia and Ray and the mysterious appearance of uh, yeah the mysterious appearance of Luke's old lightsaber that we believed was still on Bespin and yeah so uh, now okay so that lightsaber that's the one from Empire Strikes Back right yes when he and Vader are fighting on the on the bridge balcony kind of thing and we yes. find out that is Anakin's father. yeah that's Anakin's lightsaber that got passed down to Luke that we thought was gone for good in episode five mm, okay and we don't ever actually find out how Maz Kanata has collected that, right? It's just Not suddenly in her possession. Okay. It's just suddenly in her possession. I would, I okay. mean, based off the fact that Maz has lived for a really long time and she has seen so much, I wouldn't be surprised if she just stumbled across it in a black market oh. because someone found it on Bespin and sure. sold it to her. I, again, right? This but... isn't this isn't me judging anything yeah. or saying that it's bad. It's just I, I I wasn't sure if there was some backstory that uh, some extracurricular backstory somewhere. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, no, there's, we got nothing. Okay, okay, fair enough. At least that fair I can enough. find. So, yeah, so they talk to Maz, and while they're talking to Maz, Finn's like, yo, Ray, I'm actually not with the Resistance. I'm actually a former Stormtrooper that's trying to get away from the First Order. 
And as everyone kind of goes their separate ways, the First Order shows up because there's some First Order spies in the bar that warn them. And we get this pretty damn epic battle on Takodana between Chewie, Han, Finn, uh, and a bunch of stormtroopers as the Resistance cruises over on the water beautifully mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and joins into the fight. Which, to quote my husband, uh, Connor, he said that the space battles in the sequel trilogy are glorious. Like, you know, seamless, beautiful pieces of art compared to the se- the original and the prequel trilogy. It's really true. Um, it's just yeah. gorgeous flying. <laughs> I, I, I have some issues with some of the things that, that happen, plot details throughout the sequel trilogy, uh, especially mm-hmm. in, in episodes eight and nine. But I yeah. will say, like, before we get to any of that, um, mm-hmm. these movies are gorgeous. Like, mm-hmm. Disney obviously spared no expense, you know, making them the best that they were able to do at the time with the the amount of time that they had to make the movies because, um, you know, they set <laughs> release dates before they started filming anything. Yeah. And we can we can have a conversation about the merits of that at some other point. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I always think that that's a big mistake. I think you should make a thing first and then set a release date for it. But whatever. Yeah. Um, you know, this is the way that Hollywood works is they they're like, we're putting out a movie this day and we're going to do the best we can until we get there. OK, yep. sure. Um, man, like I, not every bit of these movies may be like like you may not personally enjoy some of the visual effects or some of the, the you know, score choices or or whatever. But I mean, like none of them are bad. No. Right. Like these movies are are, are just friggin' beautiful to look at. And mm-hmm. um you know, and, it, it it's a, a ton of very talented artists like yes. worked on on yes. you know the sets and the the CGI and and whatever. And the um, one thing the one thing with uh, the sequel trilogy that the prequel trilogy kind of threw away, but that was just because different time, different era of CGI, because CGI was becoming a big thing when the prequels were coming out. So they used all of it. They used as much CGI as they could. They practically invented it in a weird way. Um, not saying that they actually did. There was someone else who did, but they took it to new levels. Mm-hmm. The sequel trilogy was pretty much practical effects with some it, CGI. Yeah, it was practical some... effects as much as was feasible to do. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, John Williams is always a win with his musical scores. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just um, name one bad musical score by John Williams. I can't. There you go. Uh, but, uh, you know, I will say that his stuff is a little samey, right? But also yeah. that's how you know it's John Williams, right? Yes. Uh, you know, one of my favorite bands is Motorhead. And a lot of people have said, you know, Motorhead, Motorhead only has one song. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, but I really like that song. Yeah. You know, and John Williams exactly. is kind of the same way. Like, you know, you yeah. listen to Star Wars and Superman and Indiana Jones. It's like, yeah, they're all kind of the same, but they're all really good. Yes. So. Yes, they are. <laughs> like, I can't. So fault him for yeah. you know repeating success but yeah um, no, but i definitely agree though that the the sequel trilogy is definitely very visually appealing uh yeah. and just it looks good it feels good and just like a sense of like cinema yeah, uh, yeah. if we're talking strictly effects and art and makeup and costumes and the whole nine yards <laughs> yeah and i think all the actors did the best they could with what they were given mm-hmm. you know like any any issues that i have with these movies are purely based on story yeah i understand that so speaking of story so we're gonna need to go faster than we're going (laughs) because yeah we're already like halfway through the episode we haven't even gotten through the first movie yeah no so Um, i'm just gonna real quickly fly through the rest of the movie here so resistance shows up ray gets captured by kylo because he thinks that she's 
he's no, he realizes with the force that she has seen the map, so she thinks that she's going to tell him where Luke Skywalker is. Right. And it leads them, uh, it leads the crew to going back to the Resistance and figuring out a plan to go to Star Killer Base, which is their new super weapon on a planet that's probably I want to say about the size of Pluto. Okay. Like yeah. it's. It's not like Earth or it's it's not like a huge, massive like Saturn, Jupiter size or even you know, Earth size, but it's like it's yeah. bigger than the Death Star. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was gonna say like the thing about sci-fi and scale is that mm-hmm. it's all arbitrary. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. you know, I mean, yeah. I, you th- think about Men in Black, right? Where like uh, Tommy Lee Jones is wielding these giant, you know, rifle mm-hmm. like like sci-fi rifles, and then he hands Will Smith the the noisy cricket, which is a very tiny thing that is mm-hmm. the thing that packs the most punch, right? Yes. So, yeah. so yeah, the the Star Killer base could be the size of Pluto. It could be the size of Jupiter. It really doesn't matter. The fact is, mm-hmm. is that it's it has a cannon that's more powerful than the Death Star because it takes the power of a sun and can blast more planets uh, than the Death Star ever could. Yeah. Yeah. So, and it also destroys the New Republic, which is not good. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> no, it's really not. No. Um, so this is this is the first when while Ray is captured, this is the first time that she realizes that she is force sensitive, right? Yeah, because Kylo kind of opens up the door to her, saying, "You're strong in the Force. You could, I could train you to be so much more." And she's like, "The Force taps into it and goes, oh, no, really? Okay, cool.'" And then he starts using it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. Man, kind of one of those, uh, you know, uh, look what, like, none of this would have been a problem if he mm-hmm. had just left her alone. Yeah. <laughs> he, he, he probably would have won, actually, if not for this one terrible mistake that he made. I mean, let's look at all the other Star Wars movies for a second. Palpatine probably, uh, Palpatine and well, Sidious and Maul probably would have won the deal with Naboo if Anakin hadn't gotten involved in episode one. Vader and the Emperor probably would have won with using the Death Star on the Rebellion if Luke hadn't gotten involved. I think the one thing with Star Wars is never underestimate anybody because the moment they're involved, it can screw everything up. (laughs) Really true. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's a very good point. Uh, Yeah, man. Um, and and is that it is like from here it's it's everyone kind of gets together and and mm-hmm. there's big fights and and yeah we uh, have you know we, we have uh, Han Chewie and Finn going to rescue Rey we have Poe leading the attack against Starkiller Base we have um, the lightsaber duel between Finn uh, Rey and Kylo yeah we also have the death of Han Solo that happens that yeah I I visibly sobbed over. <laughs> Oh no! Like no, no. It was like no, 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 no. Don't no, no. And then it just did happen. And then I was crying, and it was sad. Oh no. Um. Yeah, man. Okay. The 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 lightsaber battle in the snow. Mm, that that is my favorite scene out of any Star Wars anything. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Uh, I'm gonna break our our family friendly rating here. Listen, mm-hmm. Episode Seven is fucking awesome yeah <laughs> like it's really cool uh <laughs> there something there's a cool action scene like every 10 to 15 minutes mm-hmm. there's you know we're introduced to all of these new characters we get enough time with all of our old characters we get the we you and i just now didn't even talk about leia being there and finding out that kylo is the son of han and leia right yeah and that's like a the, whole thread through the movie yeah 
<laughs> right? And then that's Kylo's inspiration is that because he's the son of Leia, that means he's the grandson of Darth Vader. And so yes. he's inspired by his grandfather. Yes. Like that's th- this whole thing is just like, mm-hmm. man, they did a really good job of taking the next generation who are looking back at what some of them, you know, are looking back at what the others did mm-hmm. and being like, oh, cool. What came before is inspiring us to do to do exactly. our own thing. Yeah. But man, yeah. When it comes to that, that lightsaber fight between mm-hmm. Finn and Kylo, like, yeah. OK, yeah, Finn wasn't going to win that fight at no. all. But like, it's awesome. Yeah. And, plus- <laughs> and then when Ray comes in and like Ray has never used the force before about 10 minutes ago. And but she knows like, how to fight with a stick, <laughs> but she knows how to fight with a stick. And then she's using a lightsaber and she's battling this guy who's been tra- trained in it his, his entire life, basically. And he also has this huge wound in his side from Chewbacca's bowcaster. That's so... right. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> you know, people, people decry episode seven as like, oh, it's just the first one over again. It's like, I mean, there's moments, right? Like yeah. it is a farm kid on a desert who is the chosen one. Yeah. Uh, but like, that's kind of it. Like, if anything, yeah. it's kind of Star Wars greatest hits, right? Because you also yeah. get the scene with a father-son relationship and seeming mm-hmm. murder on yep. a bridge in space. Yep. Um, you know, you get... There's something from... from oh, there's a, a fight in the woods, like in Return of the Jedi, right? Like, there's... It's it's a lot of hallmarks to mm-hmm. the original trilogy. Yes. But I also feel like Lucasfilm and Disney had to do that mm-hmm. because they needed to be like, okay, we saw what the fan reaction to the prequels were, which was mm-hmm. overall negative. And so we need to show everyone, yeah. listen, we understand your problems mm-hmm. with with what came before. Yeah. And we're here to show you, like, look, this is really going to be Star Wars this time. And here's the other thing, too, is that they also had all of the Legends expanded lore that existed beforehand that they had that was, you know, obviously trashed and thrown away. Right. But they still had to call some type of like reference back to. So the fact so let me I'll throw this out here really, really quickly. Han and Leia in the original expanded universe had three kids. They got rid of all, they got rid of the three kids except for one. And changed but, who it was, right? Yes. Cause originally the three kids were Jason, Gina and Anakin solo. Right. Jason, Jason solo turned to the dark side, became okay. a Sith caused havoc and stuff everywhere, resulting in the death of Mara Jade, Anakin solo and um, Chewbacca. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Chewbacca was originally dead around this point. And Ben was actually the name of of Luke's son. His name was Ben Skywalker. Okay. Yeah. So, so, so there's things they called in... back to and they changed, but yeah. Yeah. So again, right. Like, you know, the prequels had mm-hmm. prequels had some, some issues. And yeah. so, you know, episode seven was very much like, yeah, let's, let's fix that. Let's, let's mm-hmm. try and get people back on our side. And like, plus it's first... also 30 years later. These are different characters. It's a completely right. different environment from being a posh Republic where the Jedi order is kind of there to be peacekeepers or the mm-hmm. empire world galaxy that we see in the original trilogy. This is completely different. Right. Um, so. I guess, I guess the Starkiller base as a Death Star analog is sort of another, but again, it's a yeah. star Wars greatest hits, not a retread of the first movie. Exactly. Um, and, and then, and, you know, every time a band puts out a great, like anytime a good band puts out a greatest hits album, they always add a couple of new tracks too. So, exactly. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, like, okay. I could definitely agree. Episode seven is fantastic. It's got a lot of great one-liners and quotes. Mm-hmm. I still, to this day, say that's not how the force works um, <laughs> to things that have nothing to do with the actual force. Um, right, right. Because that's a line for the movie. It's not you saying, no, yeah. this isn't how the force works. Episode seven. Yeah. It's you're quoting. Yes. Yeah. Them saying yeah. this is how the force works. 
episode seven is is very is very very good. I very much enjoy it, um, and it leaves a lot to be desired, and it leaves a lot on the table of just kind of like here no, it, it is nothing to be desired. Like it's just great. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I guess I mean not desired from it, desired from what Disney will do oh, with I Star see. Wars. Yeah, yeah, um, uh, yeah. Like I was all way. set both times I saw it. I was all set to be like, you know what? Yeah, these are going to be my Star Wars movies. Like I know that there's there's. Mm-hmm. You know, all my friends like the original ones. I know there's kids growing up with the prequels. Uh, I was Clone Wars. But I am I am all set. I am all set to be like, yeah, these are going to be my movies. Yeah. And, and then episode Technically, they're my movies, too, because I grew up too late after the prequels in the sense okay. of, like, Star Wars. Yeah. Had the Clone Wars. So these are my ones that I get to see in theaters and experience as a Star Wars fan. Yep. So. And it, then The Last yeah. Jedi happened. <laughs> yeah, and, so. man, okay. we are gonna have to just fly let's fly throw away. some quick synopsis out about last jedi and rise of skywalker real quick and then okay. we can do a little bit more of a deep dive sure. so real quick last jedi takes place immediately after the events of episode seven mm-hmm. which is the first time a star wars movie's ever done that by the way normally there's usually about a year or two or more gap but this yeah, was like an hour like real fast yeah yeah so um the resistance is on the run from the the first order who shows up mm-hmm. and pretty much destroys their base on dakar which is the planet they were hiding on. Mm-hmm. Ray is with Luke on the planet of Octu, which is technically the Skellig Michael Islands in Ireland. Um, <laughs> I know that there. because I visited them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and she's pretty much training with Luke after much convincing of the fact that they, the galaxy needs help, even if it's not him, just train her to be the one to, to help them. Sure. Um, and it pretty much just comes down to that the fact that the resistance is literally on its hind legs with what little supplies, energy, power, fuel they have left trying to get away from the first order mm-hmm. that it gets to the point where people just stop trusting each other. People start making bonehead mistakes. People mm-hmm. it's a desperate situation that, that starts happening. Um, I mean, I know everyone has the complaint about, you know, the Holdo Poe thing, but I mean, Talk to anybody in a military rank, and if you were a commander and an ad- and you were talking to an admiral that way, yeah, the admiral's not going to give you your answers, even if you are a commander, no, <laughs> or a lowly true. enlisted it's, man. You're not you're not going to get those answers. It's that's that's very especially right after you've been demoted. Exactly. Like, like was By yeah. Mom. Here, so so here's my issue with that. Isn't like you're right in mm-hmm. a in a military yeah. situation, right? That's correct. Yes, but. Also, Poe isn't like like they know Poe. Poe's mm-hmm. been around, right? Yeah. Poe's Poe's part of the resistance. He's been part of the resistance yes. for a while, so they know he's prone to being an idiot. Yeah, because he, he, he's a hero with a chip on his shoulder. He's not a leader with a hero mentality. Right. Uh, Poe's a hero because Poe wants to be a hero. Is, yes, is what I got out of episode eight. Yes. And if they had just said. Poe, we have a plan and we can't tell you what it is, so shut up and trust us. Rather than this, you know, do you even have a plan? We have hope. Like, okay, like yeah. the the entire the entirety of this movie could have been fixed by Laura Dern saying like two sentences to Poe Dameron. Yeah. Right. I, like, I can definitely agree with that in this in that sense. Um one thing with Holdo though, and I know this is for anybody who's actually read the novel. Okay. There's a novelization called, uh, it's just called Leia. Okay. Uh, I think Princess of Alderaan. And it talks about a young Leia Organa growing up during the time of the Empire. 
and how she participates in this like young counselor senators training or whatever. And Holdo is one of the kids she's training with. Oh, cool. And to give anyone perspective and see if this helps fix your opinion of Holdo, Holdo is the Luna Lovegood of the Star Wars universe. <laughs> based off that novel and everything that she does, she changes her hair color based off her personality and her nice. and her mood. So it's so it's very much she's very much a very quirky character and her making the decision she's making is very calculating and very like oh she's she's got a plan and uh there if there is really a spy on board, she's being really smart about it. <laughs> yeah, so that's interesting. I didn't consider do, do people have a problem with Holdo? Is that so, some people do. Some people actually do have a have a problem with Holdo and oh, I actually really enjoyed her. But then I when I read the book, I love her more. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I just I kind of hate Poe Dameron in that movie. <laughs> like every every decision yeah. he makes is wrong. <laughs> it's yeah. like ha, ha, you have to hmm. learn you have to make mistakes to learn from them to become a better leader. So uh, yeah, I guess I guess so. Um <laughs> Yeah, my other my other thing with episode eight is like there's some exciting parts at the beginning and then there's like mm-hmm. one action scene in the middle of the movie mm-hmm. and then they save all of the rest of it for like the last half hour. And oh, but that battle of crate is just, it's meant. really cool. It's <laughs> really cool. Uh, it's, it, it kind of makes up, it almost makes up for the rest of the movie being really boring, <laughs> but like, Please, but I be... almost fell asleep in the middle of the day while eating lunch, watching that movie. <laughs> so yeah, let's, let's put, let's, if we're going to compare the original to this, let's compare real quick, just a little thing. Empire was kind of the same way. It's true. Kind of. Yeah. They, they kind of mirrored it just a little bit with the fact of that there was some action sequence in the beginning. And then we have all this, like this training montage and building of suspense and For sure. kind of sure. slow paced moment. And then we get the big battle at the end. Um, which of course in episode five was the battle between Luke and Vader and the big surprise of, Oh, look, I'm your father. In this, it was the literally the resistance trying to survive their final breaths. And then the amazing stuff happens. Yeah. mm. So, uh, the other big complaint I have with episode eight is like Finn is absolutely, it's, it's, it's the Finn and Ray show for episode seven. And I was all set to get behind Finn and be like, yeah, this is, this is my guy. Right. Mm -hmm. And then he just doesn't do anything. Like he's asleep. He doesn't, he shows up for about two minutes in the first 40 minutes of that movie. Yes. Like, like way to just erase a character right out of the franchise guys. Mm. Like he just does not matter. And then he goes on a dumb side quest and sucks at it. And like, let's yeah. I, I, yeah. I'm, I'm going to really quickly quote uh, the cinema wins guy. If you guys ever watch cinema wins, um, he does the everything great about videos. Sure. And I was watching those as well to kind of remember what he had said. Mm-hmm. Cause I didn't know how deep of a dive we were doing here. Sure. Um, but he said something along the vein of episode eight is very much along the veins of this. At the very beginning of the movie, Poe uh, po is a le- uh, Poe is a is a hero who believes you know in dumb tactics and you know taking heavy risks instead of taking the step back and visualizing his situation to make the right decision. Mm-hmm. And as the movie goes on, he learns to become a leader. He learns sure. what the right decision is. Uh-huh. He. He, he learns what it he learns what it means to actually be a leader and not a hero. Um, Paul, uh, Finn, on the other hand, he was you know it was all about where's Ray, where where is she? Um, you know he his concern was only for her because that's the only person he really knew, even right. beside Poe and BB-8. Right. And his journey with Rose taught him it's not just about Ray or avoiding the First Order. 
this is what's happening to the galaxy. This is what it means to fight for the resistance. And that's why, at least I think the Cantobite scene is important because it has nothing to do with, okay, we're looking for a decoder. It's literally yeah. about the fact of showing Finn, this is what is happening to the galaxy. Yeah. This is what's happening to those in poverty. This is what's happening to those that are against the First Order, everything like that. This is why we fight as a resistance. That's why mm-hmm. he makes it, tries to make the sacrifice later when, during the big battle against the giant yeah. door opening cannon. Yeah. That I'm drawing a blank on what the actual name of it was. Battering Ram Laser or something. That's what it was, right? Yeah. Um, Either way, but. Yeah. I, okay, so you're right. Right. Yeah. I, those, those, that is what. Mm-hmm. That is definitely what Ryan Johnson was trying because I, I I checked and mm-hmm. Ryan Johnson wrote and directed this movie. Yes. Um, so that is definitely what he was trying to get across, mm-hmm. and I don't think it worked because I didn't pick up on either of those. Mm. <laughs> I I guess and, yeah. You know, if the audience, if if I have to, if I have to watch a movie more than once to get the thing you were going for, mm-hmm. then you didn't do it right. And and I mean, I'm sorry that you know I'm, I have to talk about a Star Wars movie that way, but like, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. I think for me, I, and this is something that I've kind of, I, I stand alone on my island here when I say this. Sure. Um, but I, I very much appreciated everything that happened in episode eight. I very much love sure. the things that happened. I understand the decisions made in the background, but also on screen by characters. And, you know, there, and there's, there's still great moments. Like there's great humorous yeah. moments. There's great character developing moments. And, um, and I think the thing that we should like let our audience know is that we're not arguing what's better and what's great no. about it. We're just we're just we're just literally saying we're that just, you know we're talking and giving our opinions. And I yeah. I uh, I don't yeah. mean to yuck on anyone's yum, yeah. right? If you love episode eight, please by all means continue to love episode eight. I, please don't I, stop loving episode eight. No, and mm-hmm. if you don't like episode eight, please do not use the couple of things that I don't like about it as your justification to keep hating it. Like come up with your own damn opinions. <laughs> don't. Yeah. Don't, and you know, don't, don't let just, someone else define the way you think about something. Yeah. Uh, one of the things, again, from the Cinnamon Wins guy that I heard when watching the episode eight one that I, I very much take to heart. It's a lot more fun to enjoy things than hate and bash things. Yeah. And even if you yeah. have. And there's also a difference between criticism and hate. Yes. And you obviously have criticisms toward episode eight, but it doesn't mean that you fully despise the film. Like, you know, if I if I really hated it, I wouldn't have wanted to watch it again and do this episode. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Like, that's so really all it comes down to. Like, I don't you know, and as I've said before, like, I'm a very casual Star Wars fan. I've Mm -hmm. seen the movies. I've Mm -hmm. seen a few episodes of some of the other stuff here and there. Mm -hmm. Um, I I want to like Star Wars more than I do. But Mm -hmm. there is some stuff that goes on in that franchise that like, I'm just not it just doesn't catch me, you yeah. know? Which and I don't think, it's, I don't think it's bad, no. you know? And also I know I have terrible taste cause I watch professional wrestling and I'm in my thirties <laughs> and I still watch transformers and thundercats. <laughs> so like, these are, these are just the opinions of a couple of people. Yeah. Uh, and, and it's okay to have differing opinions than other people. Yeah. So it's not okay to be an asshole about it, that. but you know, it's okay to like or not like something. Yeah. Um, so, okay. Yeah, so, we have 10 minutes and we got to go through all of episode nine still. <laughs> all right. So episode, there's a lot that happens in episode nine. I mean, Palpatine returns. Yeah. The resistance. Nowhere. Uh, yeah. I have a thing with that. I'll tell you in a second. Okay. Um, the Palpatine returns. The resistance uh, is now trying to recover from what happened. I think they said a year ago in the resistance reborn book. So it was a year now since that happened. Okay. That makes the sense events of episode cause... eight. Yeah, uh, Finn has noticeably longer hair. So yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. That's and fine. Ray's definitely 
practiced more in the force, so she's definitely yes. stronger. Yeah. Um, and it pretty much comes down to them trying to find a wayfinder that will take them to the planet of Exegol, where Palpatine is building the final order so they can take him down. And along the way, you know, they visit, you know, the Death Star 2 that's still, you know, crashed on the nearby moons of, Min- of Endor. They find a Sith knife uh, or Sith dagger that has Sith writing on it and have to go on the adventure of decoding that with 3PO. And right. um, we have the continuation between Rey and Kylo's ability to connect with each other through the Force and have yeah, a really and... epic lightsaber duel with that, too. Yeah, so they are a dyad. Is that the phrase they used? Yes. Okay, yeah. Um, man, so that scene where they're on the planet mm-hmm. with the village with the guy that's reprogramming 3PO. yes no i'm sorry it was the scene before that it's one of the scenes where kylo grabs the necklace off of her chest that's when they're on the desert world where they're having the 42 year party right okay so the party every 42 years so that builds off a scene in episode eight right where they're they're talking while she's training on luke's planet and his hand is wet because he touched her in whatever this weird force spiritual connection they have yes uh, yeah yeah it's a that's a fascinating mm-hmm. one of the things i do like about these movies is that mm-hmm. uh they do some fun things with the force that have to my knowledge never been done before they may have been done in comics or, or novels or something i don't know um, there's there's definitely allusion to the jedi having bonds like force bonds that okay. allow them to communicate with each other through the force but usually it's always kind of been like as if talking to someone through a Bluetooth earpiece almost. Right. It's like telekinesis like, or whatever. It's, yeah. It's or, like or telekinesis. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this is next level. Yeah. This yeah. is and, next level to anything I've seen or read. And and it's it's cool that even after 43 years of Star Wars, 42, whatever, 40 something yeah. years of Star Wars, like they were still able to come up with new ways to, to mm-hmm. use the Force. Um, the Force is always expanding. It's always vast. And it can do many, many things that you just you have to just tap into the right power. You have yeah. to just tap into it the, the right way, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and even even the battle with Luke and Kylo at the end of episode eight, like, oh, Luke's there. Luke's very much there, you know, but also he doesn't make any footprints in the salt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, uh, I also, I never noticed before, and I know we're talking about episode nine, nine but I, I missed this point earlier. Um, Luke isn't the same Luke in the... Okay, the Luke that shows up on in that last battle is mm-hmm. flashback Luke. It's not old man Luke with the long hair. This is it's the Luke that shows up is the Luke is what Luke looked like when he actually left when he disappeared. It's, this is how everybody remembers him looking like. They right. Don't... Yeah. So and, and I, I didn't realize that in the theaters, but when mm-hmm. I watched it again the other day, like I was like, oh, that's a really good touch. Mm-hmm. That like like that's interesting, and I I. It, they're similar enough that I didn't, I just did not catch it when I saw mm-hmm. it in the theater. Um, but when I was watching it, I was like, oh, wait, where's his mullet? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep, where's his mullet? Then, where's his facial hair? Where's. Yeah, yeah. So and then it's... and then it cuts to him on, on his planet. It's like, oh. Force protection. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. So, um, so there are there are some clues there that I just eh, I, I was so overwhelmed by how much was happening in the movie that I, I missed yeah. a couple of things that yeah. know, weren't vocalized. So. Speaking um, of force powers and things that were called back to, yeah, uh, this is actually in episode nine. 
Okay. Um, this is after the amazing handoff of the lightsaber, which, by the way, that is my favorite moment in the sequel series, is Rey putting the saber behind her back and then Kylo pulling it out and doing the Han Solo shrug before yep. taking down the <laughs> It is the Han Solo friend. shrug. I didn't notice that. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty great. Um, but, it, but it was just like, it's after that point, it's where the two of them are standing there to go against Palpatine mm-hmm. and, he t- and he starts sucking the life force out of them with the force. That is a callback to Revenge of the Sith. That is what happened to Padme. That's why the droids on Polis Masa could not explain why she was dying. It was because Palpatine was literally pulling her life force from her and giving it to Anakin so he could survive as Vader, because he was not going to. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. So okay. they confirmed a fan theory that I've kind of been on board with since like 2007. Uh <laughs> That I pretty much have known about, but still have not had confirmation of, and they proved that, it yeah. with that moment that they could he can take the life force from someone. So, yeah, yeah, um, man, we're down to just the last few minutes here. There, um, there's like to let everyone know there is so much we have not covered. We haven't oh. covered Luke's character arc. We haven't covered the character arcs of the new people. We haven't covered the the relationships and the. Right. There's just there's so much in the sequel trilogy to digest. And I think we just wanted to talk about the sequel trilogy yeah. as a whole, just because it's new. There is a lot of negative it's... publicity around it, but yeah, I very much love them and enjoy them. And obviously, it sounds like you very much enjoyed them. So you know, I did. I, I, I again, episode seven's fucking awesome. Like, I was so hyped. <laughs> I was so hyped for all these new Star Wars movies when that came out, and that was the thing leading off. Because uh, you know, Rogue One and Solo, a Star Wars story, came out between episodes or between the, the, the first and second and second and third parts of these. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we got five Star Wars movies in five years, which is ridiculous. Yeah. Um, and and they were of varying... I will say that of the five, they were all of varying quality. Again, yes. these are all triple A movies. Like, these yes. are all very high, well-produced, you know, high-budget, yes. well-produced movies. Yes. Um, the issues with them are are plot points. And then, mm-hmm. you know, um, the, the one thing that I kind of... If I could go back in time and change a, a couple of things, mm-hmm. um, I would say that they should have done the trilogy first mm-hmm. and then done the other, the side stories afterwards. Yeah. Um, or do the side stories first and then be like, hey, look, we did a couple of side stories that all kind of fit in different points, but now we're doing a new trilogy and like kind yeah. of build up to that. Right. Yeah. I think, I think sticking side stories between. Mm-hmm. the other ones like it just it was just star wars burnout man like mm-hmm. i don't typically really care much about star wars and i was burned out and just tired of people talking about it all the time yeah uh, and even for me like i like you know obviously this the sh- the show knows andy you know this everyone <laughs> i know knows this i love star wars to a t so i was i was giddy every single year when the sure. new movie came out i was like energy bouncing around hell i was even energy this year when season seven of, of uh clone wars came out and with <laughs> yeah. the mandalorian so it's like my Star Wars hype hasn't gone down, but what I will say is, though, I'm okay with sticking with the TV series for a while before we get more movies. I will say yeah. that. Yeah, um, that's fair. And one real quick thing before we close this out or before we say our final thoughts is the one thing we can't really forget that was really impactful with these three films was the loss of Carrie Fisher. Yeah, and I and I, I can tell that like rewatch. I, I had this thought when I was watching it in theaters, and then I had it definitely had it again. Like there were definitely some parts of that movie that had to be rewritten kind of last minute because of her death. Thankfully um, she finished all of episode eight beforehand. Yeah. Um, so yeah. that was at least 
good, but it was episode nine where they they recycled old footage from both seven and eight of yeah. her. Yeah. Um, and, and that's why you didn't get a whole show. lot of her. Yeah. Um, because yeah, I I had definitely heard the the point that uh, like seven was Han's movie, eight was Luke's movie, and nine was gonna be Leia's movie. Yeah. As, I mean, as, as much as they're all you know, mm-hmm. the new kids movies as well. Like it was yes. like, yeah, but we're going to highlight wrapping up you know, their stories too. Right. Right. And, um, you know, it was cool that Harrison Ford is willing to come back for his brief cameo in, in nine. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, man, it yeah. would have been cooler if it was Leia. <laughs> it really <laughs> you know? would have been, but it's, it, it's definitely very, very impactful. And when I was rewatching episode nine, I think there are, I could list five moments off the top of my head right now that will always make me cry in star Wars. The death of Duchess Satine in Clone Wars, um, the final moments of the Obi-Wan versus Anakin lightsaber duel, the death of Obi-Wan in Episode 4, um, the, de- uh, the, final moments, uh, the final moments of Clone Wars, and I say that without spoiling it because those moments are very impactful, and then, sure. and then Chewbacca's reaction to Leia. Mm. Like, I, like, my husband can attest to this, he walked in, saw that I was watching it and I had tissues in front of me. Cause I just, I, I can't, I can't hold it myself together during that scene because it's like, it's him crying not only the, over the loss of Leia, but crying over the loss of Carrie Fisher. And it's just like, God damn it. And, and <laughs> at it from Chewbacca's point of view, right? Like he had just lost Han a year before and then lost Luke right after that, mm-hmm. you know? And then yep. like, okay, well I still got Leia and then Leia's gone. And it's like, now all he has is Lando. Yeah. Yeah, and Lando's in that movie. We didn't even talk about Lando coming back. Yeah, no, Billy D. Williams <laughs> came back in that movie, and he's freaking great. Yeah. <laughs> he, which, it's kind of, I, I will admit, though, I am kind of glad they put in Solo before episode nine, because we got that nice kind of, like, full circle moment of where the Falcon was Lando's, and then yeah. Han took it, and then yeah. Lando gets it back, but for a little more depressing reasons. That's fair. That's fair. I did but, have that thought. Like, yeah, okay, hey, this is kind of cool that this thing ends up back with, you know, its original owner. Yes. Um. Again, right, I, I, I also think it would have worked just as well had Solo come out before yeah. episode seven, right? Indeed. Um, yeah, so. I don't know. Overall, like, I, I I remember walking out of episode eight in the theater and my roommate that I saw it with, or my friend that I saw it with, saying, um, I really liked it. And I was like, man, I really liked the part with the Jedi stuff. I really liked all the Rey and Kylo and Luke stuff. And seeing Yoda again was cool. But mm-hmm. like, man, I just didn't care about the army stuff, the military mm-hmm. stuff at all. Interesting. Because um, if I want to watch an army movie, I'll watch an army movie. I come yeah. to Star Wars for laser swords and space wizards. You Fair know. Fair enough. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I think. And and episode nine, like, there's just so much that happens in the last thirty five minutes of that movie that, like, it's overwhelming. Yeah. Um, like pausing the scene with all of the ships coming to face down the final order. Like I still, I haven't, I still, I've recognized 10% of those ships. Yeah. 10%. And that's still a lot of ships to not recognize. A lot of them in there. Yeah. Like, cause there's like, there's, there's old separatist cruise, uh, starships. There's, I think, uh, there's the ghost from rebels. There's the Colossus from resistance. There's the Falcon. There's X wings. There's wedge. There's, there's like all these things and stuff in there. Yeah. 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 So. There's just so much. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's gonna, it's <laughs> gonna take like a full breakdown of everything. And the other thing we didn't, we didn't mention is when Ray 
um, reaches out into the Force and hears the voices of former Jedi, and we get Ahsoka yeah. in a live-action movie. We get Anakin coming back, Qui-Gon coming back, Obi-Wan, both versions. Yeah. Both versions of Obi-Wan, Mace Windu, uh, Ava uh, Sakura, Luminara uh, Unduli, Kiati Mundi, like... Kanan comes back. Kanan mm-hmm. from... Uh, Kanan? Kanan? I don't know how Kanan. to Kanan, yeah. Kanan. Like, he's in there, too. He's in I, there, too, yeah. I watched it with the subtitles on so that it actually, like, said who everyone was, and I was like, oh... Because, you know, when you're watching it in theaters, right, it's just like, oh, yeah. here's a bunch of random voices. And I recognize, you know, Sam Jackson and Yoda, but everyone else like, eh, it's just voices. OK, but when no, you I... with the with the sub and I know you you're a super fan, so you know them. Yeah, well, uh, I also I mean, I had to go back and actually do my my search because in the theater, they had them bouncing around the speakers. Oh, they okay. weren't they weren't coming out of like the same speakers. They were all coming out of different speakers at different times to kind of allude to the fact that they're coming from different points all the, around you. Yeah, they're all around you. And um, so I caught as many of them as I could. Mm-hmm. I easily caught Anakin. I easily caught Obi-Wan, Qui-Gon, Mace Windu, Ahsoka. I nearly screamed over. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, ah, Ahsoka. Um, but like, there, but I, I didn't catch Ayla or Luminara or, you know, a right. few of the other voices. I didn't even realize Kanan was one of the voices until someone said Kanan was in there. I was like, what? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So like, that's a really nice touch because... You know, if you're just a fan of the movies, like, great. Mm-hmm. And if you haven't watched any of the other stuff, it's like, okay, but there's other Jedi in there. But then to find out, like, no, they're all they're all Jedi from the animated, the different various animated stuff, the other mm-hmm. other bits of Star Wars media where yes. these characters have voices, like, they got as many of them as they could. Like, yes. okay, that's super cool. That's a really nice touch. Yeah. So and. And again, that's still that's still not everything. There's still so much to cover. So much, yeah. And yeah. but just as a general overview, like. You know, I I don't think eight and nine delivered on the promise that seven gave me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but rewatching them, I did definitely like them better than seeing yeah. them the first time I saw them in theaters. Yeah. Um, for me, it was very much a thing where I went in giddy and excited for every single one. And when I walked out, I walked out changed almost. Like I walked out with like this mm. sense of just like I've learned more about this universe that I love and I worship and I have all the information on that's <laughs> way too useless for anybody else. Um, <laughs> but it, it was very much an enlightening thing at the same time. I just I love these films. Yeah. I know there's I know there's flaws, I know there's critiques, and I and I register them and I pay attention to them, but I still love them. And I still you know, and I will still watch them. I will watch them to the point where I have them completely memorized like I do with the prequels. <laughs> I will do it. Sure. Um, but the one thing that I think everyone kind of needs to take away from this is that even though we got to see it in theaters and we are dealing with the critiques and the reviews, we have to ask ourselves, how will the kids 10 years from now react to them? Right. Like, how do so... the kids react to, clone, uh, react to start the, you know, the original trilogy and the prequel trilogy years and years later? They you know, react and... to it without the judgment. <laughs> Yeah, and and one of the things about being friends with you over the last couple of years is like, yeah, I don't, I mean, like, I never hated the prequels as much as everyone else, but mm-hmm. I also don't like them as much as some other people, right? Yeah. But I do have a new appreciation for them because you're the kid that grew up with them, you know? Like, mm-hmm. you're you're the kid that grew up with, like, no, Star Wars is is all of Star Wars. It's not just these three movies. Yeah. And a holiday special, maybe. Um, we don't talk about that. <laughs> that's the one. That, that's the one where I'll even be like, mm, no. <laughs> yeah, but that Boba Fett cartoon is pretty cool, and I hate Boba Fett. So <laughs> Boba Fett is that cartoon is pretty dope, though. So all right, fair enough. Yeah. All but, right, we are uh, we are over time, so I'm I'm gonna call it. Um, all right. All right, guys. Well, hey, what do you think about Star Wars? What do you think about the sequel Star Wars movies? Let us know on social media. Let us know on Atomic Monsoon on Twitter and Facebook, and Atomic underscore Monsoon on Instagram. 
uh, or email us atomicmonsunit gmail dot com and and let us know what you what you liked about the Star Wars sequels and uh, if you tell us some cool stuff we'll read it on air. Mm-hmm. So thank you guys for coming along with us on this journey. And I would say the the signature line involving the force, but that's actually copyright. So oh, it's no. Yeah, that's so, actually a copyright phrase. But um, yeah. Okay, we'll so we'll see you. Uh, we'll see you a long time from now in a galaxy far away. Bye. <laughs>